Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. How you doing? Pretty good. I see you got your I'm Okay, You're Okay sweat. Well, I've got a hoodie on over it, but it's just the T. It's just the T. What do you think of that T-shirt? It's fine. It's just a normal t-shirt. I can't wear it. Why not? I don't know. I don't like the color. I don't like the feel of it. It's just a shitty t-shirt. So Wow. If you got one, because you're a fan, I, the, there's a super fan that comes to all the shows who's been uh, wearing it. Yeah. And it looks good from a distance. But I, I'm dude. I'm a t-shirt snob, man. I did not know that about you. What is it like to be a t-shirt snob? Well, what it means is I order a lot of t-shirts online, and then uh, if they if they're not of a certain comfort quality, I just give them to the goodwill. I don't ever return right. anything. Right. Well. What strikes me about you not liking the design is that you designed it. Yeah, I know. But I guess that's how it works. You 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 design it, it looks one way on a computer screen, but you gotta see it in the real world. I get that. Well the other problem with it it's not silk screened. It's one of those it's printed and then it's a transfer, which is not cool. Yeah. What we need to do is we need to get some real T shirts printed up. So I'm I'm I'll just print some up. Well, if you're curious of why we missed last week, I will now let you know. That is because I'm on tour, and it's a bit harder than I thought it would be in terms of the logistics of being able to do this. Same thing happening with my other podcast. And so that's what's happening. And uh, today was today I have some time, and that's why we're here. It's good to see you. Where are you stand? It looks like a nice place. Tonight we are in some sort of Hilton in uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Damn, dude. They're the fucking... That's that's the high quality tour budget, the Hilton. Are you sharing a room with someone? Um, this is the first night of the tour that I am sharing a room. I think up in we're about to do like Boston and New York. We're in New England, so I think the more expensive cities we're in, we're we're doubling up. So yeah, I shared a room with my buddy last night. It was fine. But the other feels, times, the other nights, you had your own room. The other nights I had my own room, but we weren't getting to the rooms until very late. It's been a very tiring, but good tour but when you i mean well you haven't had to do this in a while but when you're opening you have to wait for the headliner to be done before you can count out merch and load gear so these are late nights for for clint boy and then you drive to the next city that night no we have hotels that night but i've got to stick around and make sure the gear is fine and you know no no green rooms occasional we're sharing them with lucero it's it's cool. We're having fun, man. It's like scrappy again. 
And uh, after 18 months of being traumatized by the fear of not working, I'm just glad to be doing something. But I am looking down the barrel of two more weeks, missing my daughter, and then we do another three weeks in November. So, But we will be in a bus for that, so things will be a little easier. How was the Ryman? Oh, man, it was awesome. That was a, that was an awesome show. Have you ever played there? Uh-uh. It was cool, dude. Uh, I was the only person in our camp that had played there before, um, so it was everyone's first time. And, you know, it's a fun show for us Nashville natives. I don't know what this. I don't know what the equivalent would be for Austin. I don't know if the Moody Theater is something people love, you know, want to play or Stubbs outside or something. What's what's the venue? What's the, I mean, the Paramount would the Paramount be one? No, there's no venue that has the same cachet as the Ryman in Austin. Yeah, I mean the Moody's close, but the Moody's new, and uh, I like that place. It's cool. It's okay. But you play there all the time. I was actually telling the story just the other day about... Uh, you remember when we played that show? I think it was for Dell Computers. And they had that band Camp Freddy playing in the Moody. Oh, yeah. And we went we went to just check it out. And uh, someone came and told us that the Lincoln Park guys wanted to say hi. Do you, do you remember this? I, I have it etched in my brain because it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> I guess the, the short story of it is that they asked us if we wanted to say hi to Lincoln Park, and we were like, sure. Or no, they said that Lincoln Park wanted to say hi. Yeah, it was like one of the guys from Lincoln Park is is like a big fan. Yeah. Um, and he would love to say hi. And we are like, okay, okay. So we walk over there, and then we get over there, and the, A, the guy has no idea who I am or what I look like. And we're standing there, and he's just talking and then, but we don't, I didn't introduce myself. And did, did the guy who brought us over there introduce us or something? I think he kind of dumped us and then like was nowhere to be found. And we were just standing there and the guy was just talking, could clearly see us. And so you and me, of course, weren't like, hey, this is who I am. We just stood there for a few moments awkwardly and then we just walked off. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not introducing myself to anybody. I don't know who that guy is. <laughs> and there was a bunch of dudes. There was fucking Dave Navarro was there hanging out. Who's a huge? Yeah. I'm a huge Chains Addiction fan. I didn't say hi to him. Fred Durst, Perry Farrell. Yeah, like huge dudes. And Matt Sorum. I didn't say hi to anybody. That was an interesting day. Well, we were just sitting back there. I remember we were talking about dave navarro because it looked like he had a lady he was gonna have a nice time he was doing the rock star thing he's a rock star it is weird though if somebody came up to me and were like hey i'm, I'm a big fan i'd be like okay cool oh you're playing or or you're a musician i'd be cool i don't know why i had it in my head that these guys were such big rock stars that the last thing they wanted to do was hear from some local musician you know, I just figured they were into broads and coke. Well, I remember them being really nice. Yeah, they just <laughs> this the the you know the meaning for our meeting was lost on everybody. So yeah, I mean, I was all for me. It was all in my head. Like I had this idea who they were and who I was, and narrow the two narrow the two shell meet in my head, and 
it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. I remember that show, too, because I was hanging out with the Vallejo guys, which they originally were from Birmingham, I think, which I found interesting. They they were from Birmingham, and I've kind of lost touch. I haven't lost touch with them. I just haven't run into them. You know, you never really lose touch with anybody. I, I'm sure I have their number. I'm sure I could call them if I wanted. But we used to play a lot of gigs kind of in the same circle, uh, Vallejo, and me, especially before... You know, I went solo. I was playing in some bands. And in fact, I had a big band in Austin called The Scabs in the 90s. And two of the Vallejo guys were in that band. They were the Really? Only, I, did, yeah, I didn't know that. They were the original the original drummer and percussion player for The Scabs were the original percussion player and drummer for Vallejo. Interesting. And um, so we were pretty tight um, back in the day. And I remember they... We we went to Birmingham and played a show with them. I think we opened up for them, and it was a huge show. They were they were pretty big in Birmingham, I guess. Yeah, they were. And I'm hanging out backstage, and I'm talking to this girl who was barely of age. She might have been 18, and she was like, "I'm like, what are you doing?" She's like, "Oh, I'm just waiting for Alex or AJ. I can't remember who's who." Um, one of the twin uh, front. Well, one's the drummer. One I played with. I think AJ is who I played with. And Alex is the lead singer, but it could be the other way around. I don't know. Okay. Uh, and he was like, oh, I'm just waiting for a Vallejo. And turns out she was pregnant with maybe his baby. Wow. That he didn't even know about. And I was like, this is some real Birmingham shit that I'm dealing with here, boy. What was the venue? Was it the uh, Five Points Music Hall? It, yeah, it was definitely in Five Points. It was pretty big. It was a pretty big... I mean, when I say pretty big, I mean like 1,000, 1,200, 1, yeah, something like that. That sounds like Five Points Music Hall. That was a, that was a fun club. I was like, we in Birmingham, son. <laughs> Because he impregnated a fan. I can't tell you how many Birmingham-esque experiences I had in Birmingham. Like, every time something would happen in Birmingham, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. I'm in fucking Birmingham. Like, I had a monitor guy want to beat me up one time. I'm like, oh, yeah, only in Birmingham. What venue was that at? I wonder if I know him. That was at this tiny little place. Zydeco? Zydeco. It was at the Zydeco. <laughs> and there was nobody in there. There was like, I don't know, maybe four, eight people in there. And we're playing. Uh, and the monitor guy who gave zero shits, like he hate, he hated his life, hated being there, at some point went to the bathroom. And I needed something from the monitor. It was early on. And I needed something. And I looked and there was no monitor. And I was just saying, oh, I guess the monitor man went and made a poo-poo, and then he heard that, and then he wanted to fight me. Wow. Wow. And then he, he got fired. Because of that incident? Oh, yeah. I mean, wow. I mean it wasn't because of that incident. It's because who can't hear the, some guy on stage say, oh, he went to make a poo-poo and not want to fight? It, believe me, that was the tip of the Birmingham shitberg 
for that guy. You know what I mean? Fascinating trivia. That club in which the poo-poo sound man wanted to fight you and was subsequently fired, that is where I met my wife, was in that club. Well, it's also birthed a song called Big Butts and Blowjobs because we were playing there one night and after the show was over, and again, we never did well in Birmingham, ever. Like it was always really small crowds and we played and I think this was, it was with Ugly American. It was either, I think it was with Ugly Americans. It had to have been. And uh, so in the 90s or like somewhere around like 96, 97 and the show was over. The club had cleared out and a lovely lady stuck around and wanted wanted to hang out with your boy B Schnids. Now, how would I describe this lady? Rotund, volumesque, curvy. Uh, curvy? Curvy? I don't know what the correct nomenclature is nowadays. Well, I know that her hiney was big because that's in the title. Well, she was just all right. I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna put a fucking. I'm not gonna put a put a pink hat on a pig. She was fat. Okay, <laughs> she was fat, like real fat, and she was cute. You know, she was young fat. There's a difference between old fat and young fat. Okay. Um, she would eventually gotten she i'm sure at this point now she's just she's dead i'm sure she's 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 the kind of overweight that i'm sure at this point she would be there's no way she's still alive wow so anyways i'm trying to be i don't want to i don't want to fat shame let's just say she and she all right so anyways so she's like hey i want to hang out and of course i'm looking around to see if anybody is around because I don't want to be seen with this girl. But nobody's around. Everybody's gone. And she's like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, come with me, young lady. And we, we go into the dressing room, the dressing area. And again, nobody's, everybody's gone. It's late at night. The band is waiting for me at the uh, van. I'm like, well, let's let's see what the night shall bring forth. And this young lady... Uh, if I may proper, uh, decided to perform a little service on your boy, the old Birmingham uh, a little midnight fellatio, is that what we're saying? <laughs> the old BBJ as it's called, the Birmingham wind up or whatever you call it, the Birmingham bowl of soup, whatever you want to call it. Okay. So she does her she does her little thing. She put a little finger in your butt during it? No. You can admit it here on the well maybe that's secret she didn't, weekly she didn't sauce. Do it. She didn't do anything like that. She just did she she's a very nice, pleasant lady. She did her business and was we were both pleased and she went on her merry way and I went on my merry way. Mm-hmm. And went out to the van, you know the whole affair took less than five minutes so i go now i'm heading out to the van and i get out there 
And the guys are very happy to see me in the van. And they're all like laughing and smiling. And I'm like, and normally they're not. Normally, because if I was late, they're like, hey, man, we need to get going. But on this occasion, they were very happy to see me. And I'm like, what's up? What's up? And they're like, look over there, son. And I look over there. And what did I see? But a window that looks direct. And we were like below the dressing room. Like the dressing room is like on the first floor or something. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what I know the exact window you're talking about. <laughs> and they're like, look in that window. And I look in that window. And inside that window is the dressing room. And inside that dressing room is exactly where I was standing just moments earlier with said young lady. Right. Anyways, they thought that was the funniest thing in the world. Little peep show. Little Zydeco peep show for your boys. Little Zydeco peep show. And then, you know. So that turned into Big Butts and Blowjobs. How does that song go? Big Butts and Blowjobs go together like the sun and the sky, like the whiskey and the rye, <laughs> like Birmingham and after I. Yeah. You have a thing with Birmingham for sure. You like a well, strange connection. I just, I don't know why, but it's such a weird thing. I have... Some of my very best friends are from Alabama. I love everybody I've ever met from Alabama. But man, something about Birmingham, maybe it's just coming from Austin where people are just nice. There's something about Birmingham where people are just not, the people that I've I've run into there are just not nice. Like, and... I don't know why that is. Maybe I just ran into the wrong people at the wrong time in Birmingham. I yeah, don't know. I mean, you know, there definitely are nice people there. I do think there's a cloud over that town. And it's a weird town for me where, God damn, everybody I tell it I'm from Birmingham, they're always like, oh, Birmingham's cool. Like, they always say that. You're like actually the only guy that's like, Birmingham sucks. And because uh, I, I think that for a lot of people, it's cool for one night. You play a show at whatever the fuck we used to have this cool venue called bottle tree but man being from there i never want to go back i do not think of it fondly i don't know if you feel that way about like michigan or el paso or germany but i do not think of it as like oh that's where i'm from that's home all home i I, i'll never go back there you know yeah there's all sorts of places i don't like like i don't like any of the sea cities in ohio cincinnati cleveland columbus i don't like el paso don't like uh i don't know maybe that's the end of the list well i was thinking more about like people i think it's pretty normal for people to have an affinity of like where they're from like they a connection to like their home oh i don't like detroit either detroit sucks yeah i think they're getting their shit together up there but i i'm actually going to be there in a couple of weeks Uh, here's here's the problem with me I base everything I know about a city on where the club is, the area around the club, and the hotel, in the area around the hotel. So, because that's all I know. Now, Pittsburgh might have been a city. No, I would have liked Pittsburgh because the area around the club is pretty nice in Pittsburgh. But a lot of times... 
like for instance, San Francisco, everybody loves San Francisco. And I notor I usually play a place a couple places in San Francisco that are right in the Tenderloin, which is a really shitty area. And the hotel that we stay at, the Jupiter, is in is it the Jupiter or Phoenix? No, that's that's Portland. Yeah, the, the or the Phoenix the Phoenix Hotel's in the Tenderloin. So okay. when I think of San Francisco, I just think of like, you know, heroin users and people shitting on the street and, and my bandmates getting like accosted or punched, you know, or jumped. It just, I, I just, I don't like that city. It's interesting that you, for a second, were getting, was getting that confused with the Jupiter and the Doug Fur in Portland. The Lucero's Guitar Tech is from Portland. We were having a, a talk the other night about I said, man, I've been playing like the Doug Fur for like maybe ten years, and I was like, when I first started playing the Doug Fur, it was like super cool, felt safe, and I feel like the last few times I've been there, walking around that area has gotten really fucking dicey. And this dude who lives over there, he lives in that neighborhood. He confirmed that he was like, yeah, it's gotten really shitty over there. I don't know if you've experienced that. Well, that hotel is super I know, fun. I I know it was shitty fifteen years ago. Because I went to an AA meeting over there um, back when I was like going to AA meetings like every day. I would I went to one there and it was real real sketchy. And but that was a few blocks away. Like I had to walk like four or five blocks from there. Now I think the last time we played there, our our sprinter got broken into. Um, like somebody smashed a window and took something inside. So maybe what's happened is that. You know, I know they have a lot of drug action in Portland, so maybe that has moved closer and closer to the Jupiter. But I still, I still like that area. Like I walk around there during the day, and it's, I, it's great. There's shops and coffee places, and I like it. <laughs> you know, what another story I told just last night uh, that Doug Fur reminds me of it because we were there on this tour is. <laughs> We were touring with a band opening for us that had a couple of dudes in it, a couple of chicks in it. And after the first show, you had told the girls in that band, hey, you guys are welcome to hop on on the bus because they were driving a fucking minivan. Are we talking about Suffragette? That uh, band? No, they, no. Should I say what it was? Yeah, well, who was the band? It was, it was Laura Warshower. Oh, God. So she had a... Laura Warshower was the artist, who's super cool, and then she had a violin player named Kiara, who's become, you know, we're still friends with Kiara, but but I think the guitar player was sleeping with the violin player, and then there was a drummer and maybe a TM, and so when we got to meet the girls, and you were single at the time, you were like, hey, if you guys want to do this whole tour in our bus, no problem, and I think the guys thought, of course they're going to say no to that. We're in a band. They're not going to leave us to drive in the minivan every day chasing a bus but sure enough they hopped on that bus real quick where they spent the entire tour and we did I, I must have blocked that out of my head I don't you remember don't remember that, that? Uh-uh. well i mean i remember those them dudes weren't hanging. real happy about that are you sure they were on the bus they were on the bus for the whole tour I, just laura and kiara <laughs> right just laura and kiara and the, the guys were in the van you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i do remember that yeah, of course. I mean, we've got room. We're we're a small organization, so yeah, I'm not gonna invite what six people on the bus, but yeah, two 
young ladies. Yes, for sure. We had we had a great time on that tour, but I do remember like for those of you at home, the difference between being on a tour bus and then a minivan are large and. We would wake up and be in whatever town we were in. They were having to drive all day just to get the sound check. And we'd be rolling off the bus just as they were pulling in, looking real tired. They I will say, I, will I thought say for that, sure they were going to quit. I thought for sure they would quit. I will say this, though. I've never, like, if we want to talk about the difference between me and Ryan Adams, I never, like, we. I've done some tours where I've had the opener stay on the bus with us. We did it with Smile Smile. We did it with couple bands uh i think wind in the wave might have been were they on the the bus with us and and maybe dawn and hawks too yeah dawn and hawks like i've i've done that numerous times with different people and i've never ever i've never tried to hook up with the right uh, right. lead singer of the band now i did hook i did hook up with that kiara chick because she's the violin player but she's not the lead singer i just i was i don't know there's something about something weird of like if you're trying to hook up with the person who's trying to make their living opening up for you, try to they're trying to get their career going and now you want to use some weird pressure to like I don't know, something about it just seemed very very wrong to me. So I know we've had this discussion about Ryan Adams trying to pick up the chicks that were opening up for him and I was always like, "Hey man, that's his business." You know, it's kind of an uncool thing to do, but it's it's not against the law and whatever. But I mean, when I think, like, for me, like, I just always thought, well, that that would be really not cool to do. Right. I I think so also. Just, it's it would just be weird. Like, you're, you're saying, hey, man, come on the bus because it'd make it easier. But then all of a sudden, now you're leaning into somebody trying to hook up. That would be just awful. Well, it also just doesn't seem like a good idea. I mean. Well, it's not. No. You have one, Professionally, you have one nice evening. Professionally, it's not a good idea. But then you. But then you then you're stuck with them right. and assuming that you want to continue ha- having a good time, but that's not always the case. Right. So, and then you got a whole tour to do. You got a job to do. Right. It's classic. It's don't shit where you eat. It's tail old as fucking time, dude. Yeah. I mean, don't shit where you eat unless you live, unless you're a prisoner in a small, tiny room and you have no choice. Even then, probably like shit in one corner and eat in the other corner. I heard Bradyson Ellis talking about the new Paul Schrader film, which I had no interest in seeing until he said that there was a scene like a war, a prison, a war prison scene filled with feces. And I don't know what's wrong with me, but it, it was at that point that I decided I would like to see this movie. Well, I loved what was his last movie that he that he that Ethan Hawke was in. Um, it, it's about a the card played counter. the priest. What's it called? Well, the new one's called the Card Counter. The oh, last okay. Paul Schrader movie I saw was called Doggy Dog with Nick Cage, but I think he has one or two in between. He did one about a priest who's having issues. Okay. And really, the whole movie was just about global warming. Um, oh, Jesus. But it was so good. It was it was really good. Well, I'll be seeing this card counter, and I guess we're going to have to save this for another episode, but dude, have you been watching Squid Games? I just started watching it with my wife, and uh, my wife. We're, we're liking it. We're I think I'm like maybe two episodes in. It's pretty good. It's pretty wild. Pretty wild shit. It's pretty good. Uh, I'm still. Did you ever do Ted Lasso? 
I, I, I haven't. I, t- I have told Isabel that you and I watched the first two episodes and that it's definitely a show we would enjoy together. And then that has not transpired since then. We, we started watching uh, Sex Education, which is real hard to watch. But my ex-wife's really into it because she, she has a 16-year-old son and she kind of looks like that chick from X-Files that's the star of it. So I'm like, that's probably why she likes this show. But it's just barely watchable. What's it about? It's about a woman who's a sex therapist and her 16-year-old son is in high school, but it's not called high school. It's called upper form or whatever. It's a British school. Okay. And there's a lot of sex. And like something about movies where kids, like 16-year-olds, are having a lot of sex, count me out. Like yeah, it's just, uh, I don't, yeah, it's, I it's just... I'm like, what am I, what the fuck am I watching? Like, it just is weird. I'm like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. I, I, if any kids are getting hurt or in trouble, they're not, or they're not like, getting hurt. They're having sex. Like, kids are, you know, I know. I'm kids are having off sex that. at that saying. age, but it's graphic. It's like they're naked. They're having, yeah. and I'm like, what am I watching? What the fuck? You're watching Why am porno. I watching this? Well, on that note of no longer wanting to watch teenagers have sex, we must now conclude this blistering road edition of I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. We will be kicking it to the Secret Weekly here in just a few seconds. And how do you get into that igloo, you may ask? Well, you join us on Patreon. It's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash simply the letters I-O-K. And you too can be... uh, heralded into a world of magic and wonder we appreciate you Thanks well here's the, the other thing just the idea that you're actually supporting something that you get some enjoyment out of uh it really a says a lot about you as a person i'm sure it makes you feel better as a person but more than that we appreciate it like thank you i just want to say i don't say it every show but if you are supporting us on patreon thank you it, it means a lot uh, it's one of the reasons we can continue to do this show. We don't make any money off ads or anything like that. So, and it does take some time and energy to do it. So, so thank you. Thank you. 